We are Anthony and Danielle. We own a pet food store in Columbus, Ohio called Fangs and Fur that is focused on educating pet owners on feeding food nature intended for our pets. You can find us on Instagram at Fangs and Fur Pets or Facebook at Fangs and Fur. If you want to send in a question for Anthony to answer at the end of each episode, message us through our website at fangsfur.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and leave a review. This is the Fangs and Fur Podcast. All right. Well, Ingrid, welcome to the show, finally. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So everyone, we have uh, Ingrid from uh, Eye Care Grooming. Um, She is a, uh, gosh, I don't know, really popular groomer here in Columbus. She is... No. uh, I got lucky because I mean, I I remember when you first came into the shop. I knew about you before you knew about me. I feel like you're... From family, actually. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. From uh, Dr. Khan. Yep. They, Bobby Khan. Yeah, his yep. wife told me that you're making this amazing shop about natural dog food. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what I was going to say. So I remember the first time you came in, you came in with uh, your sweet, sweet boy, Noah. And mm-hmm. it was a stormy, rainy day. You guys came in. And I just remember, I don't exactly remember what we talked about, but I just remember like, I knew what you were about and you knew what I was about. Yeah, and we, we understood. We hit it off like right away. Well, you know I knew I mean? it. You know, like once I talked to Dr. Khan and them, I was like, once they told me what you were doing and trying to do, I was like, me and this person are going to be best friends forever. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to show up at his store and he's going to have absolutely no options. You know, I'm going to groom his dogs. <laughs> yeah. I'm going. <laughs> well, like you came at a good time because that's when Fangs and Fur was like nothing. Yeah. And I would have like one customer a day. I remember following you guys out. on Instagram, seeing like the process. I'm like, eventually I'm going to find out. Yeah. I'm just going to show up like yeah. a creep. Well, it's interesting because as a groomer, you see, I mean, you see, uh, I can tell the difference between like a raw fed dog and a kibble fed dog just of on site, but you are, you're getting in there and you can see their fur, oh, their skin and, and all, the, all. The, the issues that are happening. I can tell that if a dog's going to have issues or allergies when they're puppies before their owners, like, no, yeah. I don't say it just because they're going to probably look at me like, yeah, what kind of training kind do of you have witchcraft? to know these yeah. things? Oh, yeah. No, no. Um, you know, after like 20 years of having your hands in the coat and you see so much. Yes, tell us, so I didn't really put this in our notes, but tell us, like give us, a, I know you have a long, oh. you have a lot of experience, but give us like a brief rundown of just like your background. Okay, so I, um, I always wanted to work either with animals, like I always either wanted to be a veterinarian or I wanted to be in the beauty industry, like the human industry. <laughs> One or the other. One or the other, yeah. either a doctor or I'm gonna do makeup. Anyways, um, so after I graduated from um, high school, I started working at PetSmart um, and I started going to college to be a vet tech. I just wanted to get that under my belt so I can go be a doctor. Um, But uh, if you were full time at PetSmart, you could get college assistant, like tuition assistance. So Mm. I decided the grooming salon just looks so fancy, like glamorous. I was just like, oh, my gosh, I just want to work with dogs. They're so cool. Um, you know, I didn't really know what I was signing up for. Um, and I did, I got back there. I, um, I, you know, school and bathing dogs and working for groomers. And one thing led to another and they sent me to get trained at Academy. So it was so it kind of, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So now I get it. So like you, you liked animals and you liked fashion. So now it's like, and now I mean, is like yeah. the, okay. And then afterwards I went to school for aesthetics. So I became a a uh, trans species esthetician whoa. kind of in a way that's mind-blowing wild. yeah yeah so that's what happened so 20 years later yeah almost 20 years i i'm still here 
20 years, huh? Yeah. Two, uh, over two decades. Yeah, I, that's hard to, you know, man, that's so hard to. So it's PetSmart. And then when did you start working for yourself? Oh, I started working for myself. So technically, I did work for myself before before I had my own business because some of us are contracted as like 1099, like contractors oh, okay. and things like that. Yeah. Um, but um, originally by myself since 2018, 19. Okay. Yeah. That's when I decided to branch off. It's funny because after you train so many people or like you work with salons and help them build their business, I'm like, you know, I do this for people all the time. Why am I not doing it for myself? So yeah. I designed I, um, it. We have a lot of groomers that come into the shop. They all, all of course, they they all know you. Um, <laughs> and most of them, you know, some of them you don't yeah. know and they just know of you. Um, yeah. But it's cool because what I like, what I really respect about you is that you love to teach. Oh, yeah, I new mean, groomers. Well, you know, there's not into it. Like, there's not a lot there uh, for pe- for younger groomers. No, to learn. and yeah. they're even even people. You know, mm-hmm. when someone gets a puppy, there is nothing out there. They're not going to walk into PetSmart and see puppy 101 grooming DVD or you know or yep. stream. You know, it's it's not a thing. Well, that's what this whole. This is why I wanted you to come in today. Yeah, this is like well, this is like the perfect segue into. You know, this is, I, I, didn't, I still don't know. I'm still learning because you know, there's, because you're right. There's nothing, there's, there's no nothing. like, you know, uh, source of a really good source information out there to tell you, Hey, this is what you need to do with your dog to prepare them to go to the Yeah, groomers. No, there isn't. And I think there's a huge gap in communication between groomers and owners, breeders, all of it, everything. If I could write a book or have a show on it, I'm pretty sure I could have a couple seasons. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, and you know, there's so many different breeds too. Oh my and god. And so like it depends like, for the groomer, but also for the owner, it's like there's there's different things that you have to be aware of. Yeah. You know. Every breed, you know, um, every breed has the different pH on their skin. I like so it's something that we are just now like we used to think everybody's a 6. Yeah. No, no, you know, and and of course we'll talk about pH later in their skin and things, but like Everything is different. Yeah. You look at that under a, a scope, you're like, oh my gosh. You yeah. Know? So it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, a, it's one of those trades. I feel like you're probably always learning new stuff. Yeah. And I know? think that's why I'm, I love it so much is because I'm never bored. You know, yeah. I love animals. They always been my thing since I was a little girl. I used yeah. to like, I lived in Puerto Rico, so we had a lot of strays and, you know, they yeah. all came to my house and had fried chicken. Um, and that's been the thing. Sid had fried chicken. Yeah, like, I would give him my food. I felt uh, so bad. Well, that's better than you know what most dogs eat. So um, true. There's something bizarre that I think happens. The this is what I've noticed ever since I brought Mozzie uh-huh. to your uh, to your place is that there's some kind. I talk about this in the shop all the time with like Jordan and and everyone else <laughs> that like in Ella and everyone. Like when I bring Mozzie to your house. It doesn't matter what dog is there, what dogs are there. He he does fine. Yeah, it's this weird energy that you have that no one else has been able to figure out. Yeah, I mean, but like Mozzie is so breed like so dog specific. He's mm-hmm. got like maybe ten dogs that he really likes. Yeah, and outside of that, he'll draw blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he hates doodles. And so but funny. then he but loves then mine. He loves your doodle. Yeah, and it's a male, isn't it? Uh, she's a female. Oh, she's female. Um, but still, he hates doodles. I don't know what it is. You know, I, I always tell my students that you have to command the room. You are, it, it's kind of like a, you know, like you are the leader. This is your grooming table. But yeah. I always try to all, to make it a place of, I am boss in here, but 
I am a kind. There's kindness in it. I am yeah. there to understand them, and I try to create an environment where that is felt. It really is a lot of energy. You know, they can't communicate with us through like you know words, so it makes sense that energy is the next best thing. You yeah. know, so like you just if there's there ha- you have to like really work on the intention behind it. It's not something that I was able to do overnight. I it's something that I learned by observing how observation. Oh yeah, observation on what I'm doing on the dog. I realized that if I came to um, work and I had a certain mindset or an energy about me or an intention, I was able to do the dogs that nobody could do. You know, the dogs that are, you know, trying to bite or just like pooping and peeing everywhere. They're super old dogs. You know, like I just I went in there and I was able to do them. And um, that's when I realized that there is a huge connection between the energy that you carry um, into working with animals. So that that plays a big part. It makes sense. I mean, uh, I mean, just as a dog owner and and working with her and her training right Mm -hmm. now, we have we have Juniper down here chewing on a pig foot. Um, but like how important that is, like even just to enter, enter a space, mm-hmm. I have to like make sure my energy is good and it kind of travels down the leash to her and then we enter and it makes such a big difference. It does. You know, also like whether they're spayed or neutered, you know, my, I have two dogs yeah. that are intact, you know, they're show yeah. dogs. Um, and that there's a, there's a difference there. You know, the, oh, yeah. the dogs that are still intact, they have different hormones and things that other dogs are, who are fixed don't have so you also right. have to command that in a way it's it's so another interesting. challenge yeah it's another challenge um okay so let's let's this is the main this is the the question that i really wanted to cover today mm-hmm. was what like what can or what should dog owners do to prepare their dogs oh for the groomers? So like desensitization. Oh, I'm so excited Did that I you asked that this question right? desensitization yeah yes. desensitizing them from yeah, desensitizing. what's coming their way you know this is the best question that you could ask because you know I have like forever on yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's why I, that's the so first question. So if you were a client coming up to me, you got this puppy, I would say expose them to the uncomfortable. Okay. Because what's going to happen is when you walk into, and this is just, I'm going to use an example of a regular grooming salon. Mm-hmm. You're going to have kennels, kennel mm-hmm. dryers, stand dryers, force dryers, blow dryers, mm-hmm. all have different noise and sound, Okay. Um, so exposing them to the noise of some kind of a blow dryer, a vacuum, um, that is so important. You know, um, I, I have some people that say they, they hate the vacuum cleaner. So we play around with them or I've heard people like, will like, uh, like a hair dryer. Yeah, it will go so like, like well they'll blow like a treat at the dog. Mhm. Yeah, that's like great. So like make it a positive. I have some people who think that's funny um and, and and again, we don't know what we're doing. It's not that I'm like blaming them or anything, but the blow dryer is um was used like a toy and the you know, the dog could kind of like play bite it. The thing is when your puppy is used to like play biting a dryer, and it's in a and it's in a different scenario where it feels like it has to protect himself from you know harm. This person's trying to do things that I don't like. Right. Then that blow dryer and that person becomes the enemy. Right. And woo, you know, d- moving that or helping that dog shift from like that to being okay with noise, mm-hmm. it, it can be challenging. But um, I always say, have a blow. Expose them to your vacuum. Expose them to your blow dryer. And if they're afraid, don't give up. 
you know, um, work on your like energy and everything. Give them treats, yeah. um, socialization, loud cars, things like that. It's it's really important for them to be able to deal with noise. Um, the other thing is that's a really good point. So sound is a really big one that sound. I don't think a lot of people think about. But the groomer is loud. Yeah, like the, they have other so dogs loud. there barking. You have the yep. cages, the hair dryers, everything it's is so it vacuums. Loud. So if they're comfortable with that, yeah, a lot of people are afraid to. Uh, get their puppies out in the world yeah because they don't have all their vaccines yet and all this other stuff and i'm like just Just like i i mean with her like even when we record here i usually take her for walks around Mm because we're in downtown columbus i usually take her for walks just around like german village just Mm -hmm. to like get her exposed to all these different noise and sounds and and everything else and it's helped so much it does help you know and the noise is a, a a dog that's afraid of noise is really scary because if you're walking and he hears something he backs out of your leash you know, like you have to be yeah. very diligent about noise training. Noise training. Noise so that's training. That's a big one. <laughs> um, the other one is uh, feet and um, and desensitizing them from a vibration, nail clipping, and all that. So I always tell people, man, get your phone on vibrate mode. Ooh, that's a good one. Put okay. it in between those pads, like in between the pads, and you know. And have that puppy feel it and get to the point he's going to pull. He's not going to like it. Mm-hmm. But the second he tolerates it, you treat. You give him a treat. Good job. Yeah. You praise. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't have, if your phone, if you can't control your phone on vibrate, use your knuckles and really get in there. Yeah. In between pads and everything. Mm-hmm. You just, you really want to make sure that they know what it feels like to have hands on arms, pads, anything of that sort. Okay. Um, my, my another biggest thing is uh, nail clipping. A lot of people are afraid to do it at home. I totally understand. Um, so if you have a nail file and you can just get, grab like one nail and just do it manually with just a regular even nail file, like even if times. it's, yeah, yeah, two times, that alone helps me go in there and they have some sort of, fam- uh, what's that word I'm looking at? Familiarity? Yeah, Familiarity. With, with the process. Yeah. 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 So that's huge. Those things are amazing. Um, play I've with been, the paws. I've been using it like a Dremel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's helped. It's way better than. It's way better. You know. At least in my experience. Some dogs actually prefer to have a Dremel tool than they do the clipping. And yeah. a lot of dogs who go to groomers and the groomers say we can't touch their feet. Mm-hmm. When they brought them, when they bring them to me, I start with a Dremel instead of like the clippers, and I'm mm-hmm. able to do the whole entire dog. You know. Oh, another good point is it should be the back feet too. I think sometimes people think if they just do one desensitize one paw, that's good. It's them. it's you gotta all do all of them. Yeah. Especially back feet are funny. Yeah. And yeah. it's not like I don't think too, from what I understand it, because when I got her, I was looking into this and um it's not something that you want to do like every single day or mm-hmm. like multiple times a day. No. It's more like a couple times a week. You know, mm-hmm. it's just kinda get them couple times a week yeah. just touch you could be sitting on your couch and just decide to touch the paw for exactly. two seconds it's not something that you want to um add stress to your life about it yeah um you know i always tell i i am i understand life is busy i am not trying to have my clients spend 16 hours on a sunday on their dog you know or yeah. training to that point you know because you know my job is to kind of help them through that so i'm like just relax about it a, a pet parent that is relaxed about it brings in better energy to the table in training. For over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. In order to give your pets the very best, you need to feed them a complete and balanced diet. 
like Northwest Naturals. Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets. Find out more in our podcast show notes. This is Dr. Jim Carlson. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. We have a friendly professional team and offer conventional medicine, dentistry, and surgery, as well as integrative options such as acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, and more. We emphasize fresh foods because you wouldn't want to eat processed food every day, right? Visit us at LifetimePetWellness.com, Instagram, or Facebook, or give us a call at 614-888-2100. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, what else? That I, oh, I always tell them, face. Uh, oh, man. So animals, we we work with really sharp tools. You know, you've seen some of my shears. Yeah. You know, some of them are made. And they're curved. Yeah, they're made <laughs> in Japan, hand yeah. steel, $1,000 later. Like, people don't understand how expensive grooming tools are. Um, but they're sharp. You know, they're not. And if you have a, a puppy, puppies are very... Um, I mean, if you have a huge hand coming to you and holding your chin, wouldn't mm-hmm. you be like, what the heck, you yeah. know? Um, so I always tell parents that if you could work on mainly just touching the face, yeah. holding the chin, not hard, just a little bit holding it in place, mm-hmm. good boy, yeah. and moving your fingers around the face, um, underneath the eye, yeah. right above the eye, all of those things, just touching those areas because it gets them used to seeing somebody come to them with their hands and being very close to their faces. Especially for some breeds, I'd imagine. Oh, right? yeah. Like, oh, my goodness. Yes, absolutely. You know, like, a, uh, like a cocker. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. I have a cocker. <laughs> yeah, I understand exactly. that. You know, yes, cockers are, especially if you're running clippers to them. Uh, yeah. That's scary. You know, yeah. I do not want a clipper anywhere near my eyes if I don't think that person knows what they're doing. Sure. You know? He's doing so well, though. He's doing amazing. Just a little, yeah. He's such a turd. He is, but he's like, when he's with Jordan in the shop, he's, he's just so good. Oh, and he's like that. He's He yeah. has like the best calm. And it's something you don't get from cockers. Like you really have to do your research with cockers because they've been inbred so many times that you really? just get yeasty masses if you're not oh, doing, if you don't sure. have the right bloodline. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I waited for him for a long time, yeah. flew out to California. Well, he's beautiful. But yeah. He's also really, he's, he's doing really well with Jordan. He's amazing. He loves her. Um, so, uh, sounds, feel with the feet, Mm -hmm. uh, face, face, um, stillness is probably Well, stillness is something I more, um, I, I do more because I'm the one that has that table, you know, and I don't, a lot of people don't have like a table in the arm. So when I have a pup, when you bring your puppy to me, I'm not only just grooming, but I'm actually doing a lot of training myself. It might take Mm -hmm. longer because I am doing that training. And I think that is really like fundamental to helping your dog have a good relationship in grooming. So I will take that time and I won't charge for it. I just think that it's just so important. I know it's going to pay off later. Um, And um, I do that. I do that with table training and table training can take me anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes, but I will, you know, I will teach them the edge, what they know, you know, if a dog knows what is around them and the edge of a table and how to work, it's, you know, less injuries um, that way. Tables are scary, you know, so I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah, tables are and and being able to do it when people are around is even more because some places have like um, an open concept where people can watch groomers groom. 
and have windows. And if your dog is not used to being, you know, in, in social areas and being put on a table, the, the chances of that dog having an injury because of everything going on, and it's uh, much higher. Yeah, that's another big one. Like just having your dog, and this is something I think owners can do with their puppies or with their new dogs mm-hmm. is get them exposed. This has just been part of her training yeah. is get them exposed to different surfaces. Like so important bleachers. Mm-hmm. Um, I take her when I, anytime I take my kids to the park, I take her with me cause they're tons of different plastic and metal and like, you know, stairs with holes in them and stuff mm-hmm. like that to get her exposed. I mean, I don't know what your table is made out of metal. Tables or... are made of metal. I think the top is usually like a rubber cover. Yeah. Um, sometimes it feels like uh, like a soft sandpaper. I have yeah. um, yoga mats, um, a company that I put that on top so their pads are comfortable. Um, Which probably helps. Yeah, it, it does help because sometimes yeah. with older dogs, you know, like they are achy and hurting everywhere. Yeah, if you put them on a surface that is not fun, it's very, yeah. it's hard. Um, so I surfaces are really important being able to feel cool especially you know you have a different surface in your bathtub mm-hmm. for a dog you have a different surface on the table mm-hmm. you know um the floor all of it and yeah. their pads are the only area in their body that has um sebaceous gl- i mean everybody has sebaceous gland i mean like yeah. it's sweat glands sure. underneath um so their pads are just so they touch everything it's so sensitive down there yeah so it's so important okay. um <laughs> i know she's crushing that she's thing. Crushing i might that. try to take it away um What's the other one? Um, I was going to say, just we talked about the face, but mm-hmm. also like the mouth, the mouth and the teeth. The teeth like brushing. I stick, I stick like my. I'm going to be honest. I'm not great at brushing my dog's Me teeth. Like I, I try to feed them perfect. the right food. Um, I do give my older dogs plaque off with their food every mm-hmm. day, and I do that. They get a lot of raw meaty bones mm-hmm. and and a lot of knuckle bones. Um, but I don't do a lot of brushing. I I do from time to time. Um. But anyways, even with her, I'll just like get my fingers back yeah. there just to get her comfortable. And I also just like to look, make I sure everything's good. Like if I see like, I use my fingernail and I pop it out of their teeth sometimes. Um, you know, teeth what brush. What do you mean? Uh, so if you have, if you see a dog with plaque buildup, oh. if you're able to get your fingernail in between the gum line and um, and the plaque, you're able oh. to pop it out. Oh. Yeah. Um, that's what you do with the tools when they're, um, getting dentals. Um, I do, I do that a lot with my dogs. I actually just got certified to do, um, it, it's something that it's really popular in Europe. Of course, they usually have like the best of the best when it comes to like innovating. Um, there's sonic toothbrushes for dogs that are (laughs) so, um, that you don't even feel the vibration, but the before and after on these dogs are amazing. So I bought a machine and got certified. Of course course I bought this machine. I was like, this is amazing for animals. Okay. Take my whole entire paycheck. (laughs) Take everything I have. Take everything I have. But no. Um, so basically what I did, I bought the machine and then I got like, I got all the dogs I service their own heads to put in these machines. So that <laughs> that was a lot. Oh, wow. Um, so because it just doing this once a month, and most of my dogs are in a four-week rotation, doing it once a okay. month really helps elongate a dental done by a doctor. Um, and you, you and I both know a lot of issues and health yeah. come from their mouth. Um, and like I'm just like you. I am not a very good toothbrusher but yeah. i you know but i do the same things you do my dogs eat raw and yeah. they get their bones right. and and they're fine i go in there and I'm just it's amazing uh just a little shout out to lauren beck's girls gone raw mm-hmm. um but it's uh ella had clark her uh bulldog 
in the shop. Yes, this was just yesterday actually, and um, he had been with her dad for a week or so, and she's like, "Wait till you see him. His plaque on his teeth is so oh. bad." And um, a customer had come in, and meanwhile she was giving him like a just a dehydrated duck foot from GGR, mm-hmm. and like she's like, "You're," she's like, "I can't even show you anymore because it's gone. It's like gone. It, it, the duck oh, foot, yeah. just this little duck foot treat that he chewed on for maybe two or three minutes, completely scraped away all the plaque that completely. was built up on his teeth. It, it actually, it's crazy. Which is what I would say. I was like, just do this. Like, even if it's just a couple times a week, just yeah. give your dogs these Maybe things, bones. you know, you know, not, not dental sticks. Don't give them no. oh my gosh. Don't. greenies or whimsies or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, you know, with Yogi, I have a, I have an 18 year old wiener dog Yeah. and he's got like probably he's got his canines left and, and, and if, if it wasn't for meaty bones, because he's not very good about his mouth, he's always had issues. If it wasn't for meaty bones, I believe that he wouldn't have any teeth left. Yeah, they'd be gone. You know? Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So we did sounds, feel. Mm-hmm. Sounds, um, feel. Face. face. Let me uh, Kind of stillness. I, I was reading an article about this, and they just talked about how to, like you should practice your dog being still. Yeah. Um, I say that a lot. I mean, I, I've learned in this with June is like people always tell their dogs to sit and then stay. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, sit. And then, you know, they sit until they're t- told otherwise. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's been really helpful for a lot of reasons with Juniper. But like, I don't know. I think I, that's a really good it's thing very, to practice and, with your dog is like to is. sit or down and then stay in a down mm-hmm. until they're told otherwise. In the know? show world, we have stacking boxes. You oh, know? stacking. Yeah, so is- stacking is a form of training them how to be on a table, which is be still mm-hmm. and sit, you know, have a certain form with your, you know, with the placement of your of your feet. Yeah. Um, and that that's and also what I do is I do the stacking on top of a table of the grooming table. Mm-hmm. So that's the way that I show them how to stack for me. But a lot of the times I also show them how to lay down and be laid down because, you know, for blow drying, they don't have to be standing up for blow drying. They can lay down, sense, have yeah. a cute little pillow, whatever. Yeah. And then I can just work and blow dry that sure. way. Um, so mm-hmm. it's very important. Still is it's fun. If you guys can take like the time to just like, show them that being still is not, they don't have to be moving all the time, it, yeah. which is hard as a puppy. Cause you know, puppies are like zero to a hundred all the yeah. time. Um, but when I, they mature, it's pretty fun to watch them learn. And I mean, to see what they have learned and put it to practice. I would say if I'm bringing Juniper over, she hasn't been to see you yet, but mm-hmm. when she does, I'll definitely do like a, at least like a 15 minute training session before yeah. mm-hmm. and then probably bring her over. Yeah. And I'm not I'll saying like over. exercise because I think exercise with her like amps her up. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like the worst thing I do for you. But like if I do like a mental stimulation mm-hmm. for like 15 minutes before I bring her in, I think it'd really help just kind of, yeah. she's, she's super calm after that. Cause and she wears her And what's great is I'll probably take over. You know, you told me yeah. I did training that I'm like, sweet, I'll start training on the table and then yeah. we'll move into to it you know yeah. uh, communication is key when it comes to groomers and pet parents i read your blog about this oh my gosh <laughs> you know me i am all about i am actually i want the client who is so obsessed with their dog yeah that's the kind of client i want i want a client who just thinks their dog is the whole entire world you right. know because that's how i am with my dogs and i think you know, I want the client who is really who is concerned about leaving their dog to get groomed for three hours because that is a normal human emotion. Sure. I and and if you, I I I am so lucky that I don't have to find a groomer for myself. I would die because I you know like I just wouldn't want to leave my dogs in a cage or something like that. Um, and I understand like cage training is really important stuff, but I think sometimes. It, 
we're changing when it comes to animals. We're putting a lot of human emotions to them. And whenever they come to me with their anxiety about being left, that's my turn to help them understand what's going through their dog, you know, teach them about dog behavior and things like that. Um, That's why it's important to find the right groomer. So you have the confidence when they drop them off at your house per se, like it's, they have the confidence that you're going to take really good care of this dog. They don't have the, then they don't have the anxiety. Mm -hmm. And then, in turn, the dog doesn't have the anxiety. Exactly, because you know? mom and dad are leaving in a different, um, in a, and with not exact. Your dog is you. Your dog yes. is who you are. Right. You know, and if you leave with less anxiety, that dog is going to mimic your your behavior. Yes. Um. So and there's there is science behind this, and I've talked mm-hmm, about this mm-hmm. like ad nauseum. But they've done studies on this yeah. where like they've had, um. And I'm sorry if I've, I've I know I've mentioned this before, but they had owners on. In one corner of the room mm-hmm. and then someone that had some a stranger on the opposite corner and in the middle of the room they put pheromones from someone that just watched a horror movie okay and so they would let the dog leave the owner and go smell the pheromones mm-hmm. and every single time there's a horror movie like the pheromones from someone watching a horror movie in the middle of the room the dog would turn instantly back to their yeah. owner. yeah now they did the same thing with rom-com mm-hmm. pheromones and the dog went smelled it and then went to the stranger yeah so yeah to the to as far as like leaving the dog with you, you it know, is. and having the confidence and having, you know, just being in a right state of mind makes a huge It does, in, you know, and being the groomer who understands that is able to get that person the right state of mind yeah. to do that. Um, you know, when I decided to do my business, I did it all backwards. I did not follow what has been done in the industry for a long time because I don't think that was done in the 70s and 80s can be applied to the industry now. I think that um, we know so much more about animals and we are able to um, make a practice that really can um, can hold space for them. They're not yeah. just, you know, you don't just they're a living thing, so we should probably yeah. get to know as much as possible. It's crazy because I know a few groomers that are still doing it that old way mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it's like everyone drops their dog off at, off at the same time mm-hmm. and then they, everyone picks them up at the same time. And then yeah. it's like this, yeah. It's, it's a like cr- a conveyor belt almost. Yeah, um, that's what it feels like. It is like how it feels like. And I know that I am not, as far as my opinion goes and how to grooming should be done, there's a lot of groomers that do not agree with me. And that's fine. You know, I think everybody sure. has the right to feel their way about things. But I, I changed everything Um in order to be able to be successful in my in my uh, practice, for example, yeah. when I first started my own, I would go into their homes and groom them. Yeah, um, that's I the actually, first time you did. Yeah, groom Mozzie. I went to your house. I groomed them at your house. You're I, the first groomer to actually groom Foxy. Yeah, that was actually she'd bite the hell. So oh, yeah, we she's did so funny. nothing on the list of things we talked about. <laughs> she was a rescue, and then my wife rescued her, and then had her for a few years before I was even in her life. So Mozzie. I take zero responsibility for that. But. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> she's so funny you know she's my favorite just because you're able to see this sh- when i can see the shift a dog going from not being able to be touched to a dog being able to be finished and they're relaxed and everything that to me is everything so you know being able to see that change in foxy is it's got to be rewarding it's so rewarding and yeah. she has like zero teeth so if she's gonna bite me she's just like nothing yeah. you know so once she figured out that i'm not afraid of her biting me she's yeah. like oh crap yeah there's nothing and then she I chills because she's like there there's nothing Still i can do to this happen. person to scare her away yeah um and uh, yeah. that was fun. You know, that's, that's how I got to meet. Foxy. 
you know, all your, you know, your dogs. That's yeah. it. And I went to my, my clients' homes when they were at work. Mm-hmm. I would groom their dogs, yeah. play with them, leave. Um, and then, you know, COVID happened and I wasn't able to do that. Yeah. So I had a shift. And that's when I started doing it from home, which to me was important because I don't do, um, I don't kennel dogs. I yeah. I do have play pens for them. And for yeah. some reason, they're too crazy around my house. But that never really happens because, you know, I just let them do whatever. It's crazy. <laughs> it it's is. Cra- I mean, it's I, madness. Not, not like that, but it's crazy but, that like there's just, I don't know. There's no issues. Like they are, this the energy you have. They all get along there. Like we're all like, friends. All friends. I mean, Mozzie <laughs> and Happy would get oh. along. She's Pipple. Mm-hmm. Mozzie doesn't like pipples either. It's but like they loves got along, just loves Let's happy. Do it's it. like, this is, I it's, just remember thinking like it's just wild. It's bizarre. Um yeah. I love it. I it makes me feel good. Like I'm like I have a purpose in life. Um Well, I definitely think you're doing what you should be doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. One hundred percent. Um yeah. I don't see myself doing anything else in my yeah. life. Um this has been the most rewarding thing I've ever done. At Girls Gone Raw Pet Health, our goal is to provide unique, nutrition-packed, carnivore-focused, dehydrated treats and chews that your pets will go nuts over and that you can feel confident feeding them. We hand-select only the highest quality human-grade meats, foster relationships with small, generational family farms, and scour the market for the freshest, most unique products. So get fresh and go raw with us. Follow us on social media at Girls Gone Raw Pet Health for nutrition tips and industry news, and find local retailers and shop online at girlsgonerawpet.com. Stop guessing what's being added to your pet's food. Feed your pet food made from the freshest and healthiest ingredients found in Steve's Real Food. Every Steve's formula is pH balanced and uses only 100% natural, high-quality USDA-inspected free-range meats and unprocessed whole and functional foods. Steve doesn't contain any synthetic supplements or ingredients that can't be identified on the ingredient label. Plus, it's loaded with beneficial bacteria from goat milk. We know that what you choose to feed your pet is just as important as what you choose to feed yourself, which is why Steve's Real Food is formulated for optimal health that exceeds AFCO minimums. Steve's is not only great for your pet, but great for the environment. Your pet's food is manufactured by using hydroelectric power and sold to you in a fully recyclable package. Be sure to take advantage of the frequent buyer club. Buy 12 bags of Steve's Real Food, get one free. See how much better your pet will feel after just a few weeks on Steve's Real Food. Find out more in the podcast show notes. Dogs are just, they're special. Um, And that's why I wanted to move the business to be different and special. So I started grooming from home. I do one at a time. I do Mm -hmm. not want to do a conveyor belt. I want to have all the time that I have with them. I started pricing differently. I think that is one of the biggest issues that grooming salons are having is um, they're they're not charging for their time. And yep. they're charging per uh, per dog based on breed, and um, they're rushing to make ends meet. They're rushing, and I th- I also think a lot of customers and dog owners have no idea no. the physical toll mm-hmm. it takes on the oh, groomer's yeah. body. It is. Um, it's a physical job. It's a physical. I mean, not not. I mean, learning through you, but also other groomers that come into things. Um, it's just all the the physical ailments that they that they go through and it, mm-hmm. and it makes sense when you actually think about it yeah but. emotional too like for example this week i had um i had one of my clients um pass away like unexpectedly mm-hmm. um not the, like the dog not the client oh, okay. um and um and then another one oh, I, I found I, out yeah, yeah. You, i think you know um one of them so two dogs i lost let's just say that my days are not, it's not like I'm like, oh no, they died. It's it's more like I'm taking 
weeks to recover from those things yeah. um because emotionally i build so much bonds with these you know with these dogs on my table like they're part of my family so yeah. when i lose one i'm a mess it's emotional and physical yeah well mm -hmm. especially a dog like nala i feel like she's just She's Ugh. that dog. She's one of those dogs that like he just she like looks into your soul when she looks into you. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah I, I don't want to talk about it. It's, it's a sad, I'm a, I'm a sad topic. But um, yeah. she's a great dog. Um, but um, anyways, mm -hmm. I have oh, I have some more questions. Um, what should people do? Like, what should should be people's goals between grooms? Like, yeah. what are things to, like, avoid or to, like, look this for? Is, this is controversial because, oh, okay. um, you know, uh, there is, I'm sure everybody has gone to a groomer and gotten their dog shaved because lack of brushing, right? Yeah. And they're told you have to brush your dog every day, mm -hmm. something like that. I am so opposite from that. So I believe that when you're brushing dirty coat at home, um, dirty coat is harder to pull apart. You have to understand that a mat is made of dirt, dead skin, cells, whatever else you can find in the environment of the dog. And when you're when it's in a tangle for such a long time and you brush it out, um, the coat builds um, memory. So like it's going to coil back up into the same. Um, oh no. Yeah. Um, and if you add water, it gets tighter. So if you don't know how to do that properly, mm. you could potentially be making the mats much worse. Yeah. So that's why I'm always teaching my clients. Um, I believe that if you don't know how to brush properly, don't try, just ask your groomer to show you. Like, yeah. and they should be able to do that. And if they don't do that, then find another groomer, yeah. okay? Like, they're not doing their job properly. Yeah, it's important. You taught me how to brew Mozzie that has an undercoat. Yeah. And I had been brushing them the wrong way for years. Mm -hmm. It's, it's midi. It, it makes a huge difference when I do it. And every coat has a different way of brushing. So know your breed. Know, know your dog, breed. Know your dog. Yeah. No, you know, we live in the world of doodles. You know, I have a doodle. Yeah. I, I don't know if we're going to come back from that. I think <laughs> I think I when it, the first time I saw a doodle was like, you know, I was 17, 18 years old, you know. I, I'm like, oh, everybody was like, it's just a phase. I used to see Shih Tzus, Schnauzers like every day. Mm -hmm. I barely see a Shih Tzu or a Schnauzer now. Everything's a doodle. I don't think we're gonna go back, you know? And I think it's one of those things that groomer have, like groomers have to come to terms with the fact, this is the new normal, you know? Yeah. We had all these breeds hundreds of years ago and in order to have them, some person had to be like, I'm gonna mix this with this and make this, okay? Yeah. And that's how everything really came to be. And I think we're living in, um, we're living in the middle of that happening again. Yeah. Um, and y we might be able to see this like 100, 200 years from now and see that everything's just kind of mixed together and we have lost, you know, we are losing a lot of purebred animals. People don't realize this, but there's- Because of doodles? Well, yeah, because, well, <laughs> I think is that people are like leaning more towards getting designer breeds and mm -hmm. we are losing like the working breeds. Well, the working, we're just losing the ability to have purebred dogs. You yeah. know, like you don't see people looking for, I want to find a um, Sussex Spaniel, you oh, know, yeah. uh, purebred. Yeah. No, let me find um, a cockapoo. Yeah. It's uh, that's much easier. It's much more popular. Yeah. Um. So you know, pure, that that aspect of my world is it's slowly dying, and it, it's it's sad. But at the same time, um, it's evolution, and that's something that we can't we can't stop. Um, she growling at me. Was she? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of purebreds, she's like, I absolutely love this bone. It's absolutely amazing. Um. 
But so, yeah, that's like one of the things, you know, the the coats, everything's different when it comes to brushing. And now yeah. that we have everything mixed with some kind of poodle, you know, you have to look at that from a genetics point. Like yeah. you might have one puppy from that um, litter who mm-hmm. is like absolutely hypoallergenic, but you might have four other puppies who are still giving you both parents coat a curly coat and yeah. like a shedding coat that shedding is coat. possible so as a groomer you have to understand okay what kind of coat i'm dealing with how do i explain this to the parents you know yeah, so even in the same litter you're saying like you could have oh yeah coats. of yeah. course Which makes sense because I mean, you know like if you look at it my my dog you know his litter his litter is um they call them um they get they get awards in the AKC Spaniel Club for a litter that every single puppy can be a show dog. Okay. That's very uh, rare. Yeah. But m- usually your breeders who do this for a living and they have really respected kennels, you're going to have a litter and you might see two puppies that are potential that fall within those um, measurements of what sure. the dog should be. And then you're going to have puppies who are going to fall short of that. It doesn't mean that they're not purebred. It just means that they're not falling within the guidelines of what the breed should be. Sure. Um, so the same thing happens when you're when you're mixing a golden retriever and a golden judo and a gold um, and a poodle. Then mm-hmm. you're gonna get maybe one that actually falls within like what it really should be as hypoallergenic, yeah, yeah. and the other ones are gonna fall in between not. Right. You know. And, but the thing is, since it's curly, you don't see the fallout on your floor. The curl is holding the fallout of the undercoat from the golden retriever in oh, there, wow. and that's where okay. you get all of that matting. So you okay. have to understand that that coat still has to be removed and that is done with like carding tools or uh, rakes and things like that, which is yeah. usually used on like rustic like breeds, which yeah. th- it's, if you look at a rustic dog, it looks just like a doodle. <laughs> it's very, yeah. it's, but you're saying don't brush them. Yeah. I'm saying if you, uh, <laughs> I'm so, thinking right now, I'm like in this, at this point in the conversation, yeah. I'm thinking, all right, we better brush these dogs <laughs> daily. Yes. But don't brush them if you don't know what tools to use or okay. because you can do more damage. If you're breaking hair and yeah. you are, um, and it's not clean, the hair is going to go back, be a little bit more damaged mm-hmm. and come go back to the same shape. And then you're going to have um, weaker, um, you're going to have hair that's damaged on top of a coat um, that already has a tangle and it's going to be a pelt. It's going to become a huge okay. pelt. Um, I believe that if a person wants to do upkeep, you have to do it right in the middle between your grooming appointments. So if you're at a four-week uh-huh. rotation, you might want to do like every a two, two weeks, weeks, six yeah. every three. And basically what I want them to do is I want you to get them really clean. I don't want you to just get them a little wet, you know, yeah. and then just put soap on top and then like rinse it out and sure. call it a day. I want you to cover the whole entire body with soap. And if you see an area that has like a tangle or anything or a mat, I want you to use your fingers and kind of stretch it a little bit. Put the shampoo in there because that is going to take away the dirt, the um, the cells. So All of that is the glue sense. that's holding that to dig together. Gotcha. Okay? okay. If it's not there, you're able to brush that out super fast. Interesting. Um, so do it when it's wet. You can, but be careful because you can stretch the hair and you can also break okay. it. Do it when it's wet, when, when it's, it's dry. dry and clean. So yeah, when it's clean dry, and dry and clean, that is the best. You want to have a spray that um, kind of like lubricates the hair, and then you want to kind of like work through the okay. tangles Johnson with the- and Johnson did tangles. No, <laughs> please don't. That has a, that's like got microplastics. It's yeah, awful. It's got everything. Everything sure. has them, which is so so sad. Um, so. Y- 
that's what I would do if they have a dog dryer. Let's just say they were like, you know what, we're gonna get a dog dryer. There's a hundred. They're about one hundred twenty dollars on Amazon, mm-hmm. and they want to use it. That's great. But if you don't, um, if you can do a little bit with a blow dryer, then wait till the next day when they're a hundred percent dry. And that's when you brush because oh, okay. if the coat has any bit of moisture left, yeah. it makes it kind of painful for the dog to be brushed because it pulls. It pulls. It pulls, and that it's not sense. fun. I always wait till they're hundred percent dry. So, you know, my the biggest thing would be like, hey, get your dog really clean, blow dry a little bit if you want to. Mm-hmm. If not, wait till the next day and then take a good thirty to forty-five minutes and um, you know, line brush the coat, which yeah. is a form of brushing that I think it works really well with every breed. So this is something to consider mm-hmm. when you're getting a doodle. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. For Con- sure. Consider the time that you can take. Consider how often you want to take them to the groomers. All that goes into figuring out what kind of haircut your dog can support for the X amount of weeks without going into major trouble, yeah. like a shave down. Gotcha. Um, and, it's, you know, I always okay. work with clients, though. You know, there are some that come to me and, you know, they should be, you know, they should be somewhat shaved. But I have the experience to do it, you know, where it's not painful. And I will I will do it. I will tell them this is not the norm. You know, like, yeah, I'm going to show you how to do this. This is how we're going to go into where I want to see them every six weeks, every three weeks. I need you to do this. These are the tools I'm going to show you. You know, yeah. I can even order them for you and send you a bill and then yeah. you're going to come here. and I'm going to show you what to do. Um, That's so awesome. I, I mean, nev- education is so important. Yes. Like it come, you know, I wish there was more of this happening, but mm-hmm. like I'm learning this with just dog training in general, how yeah. important it is people like want to just send their dogs away to be trained. Yeah. It's like, no, you're the one that needs to be trained. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with the grooming. Like, it's like, no, you need to be trained it's the, it's on us, how to maintain yeah. your dog. It's us you know? that needs to be trained, not the yeah. dog. You know, yeah. like the, the dog is just wanting to live with you, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's so cool to like, I don't know. I think it's, it's, I always say that it's, it's so important to build a team behind your dog, like yeah. having a good veterinarian that you trust, mm-hmm. um, having someone that knows what they're talking about when it comes to nutrition, yeah. having a good groomer, you know, all these things are so important. They, that's your village. You know, you always say it takes a village to like raise children. It takes mm-hmm. a village to have a dog, Yeah. you know, and oh, yeah. you're, you're, it's funny because your groomer spends more time with your dog than your vet. So a lot of the times your groomer's going to find something wrong oh, first, yeah. then you go to your vet Ooh, and then that makes sense. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I, I have found cancer before a vet has found cancer. Um, and this dog has since passed away. It's actually yeah. the first golden doodle that I worked on. Yeah. Um, Gus, oh, I love him so much. Um, but he, I found the spot on him one time grooming him that I, I didn't see four weeks before. And I was yeah. like, well, that's weird. So I told the mom and the mom took him to the vet that week and ended up being cancer. And they had to completely uh, do the way that he pees. Like he had to have a separate Mm. a pee hole and everything just because it was really taking over but it saved his life it gave him like an extra seven eight years yeah i mean i mean it makes it makes total sense i Mm -hmm. mean you're you're like on every square inch of that dog Mm -hmm. for hours Mm -hmm. you know the vets just aren't they're not gonna they don't have that much time no they don't they don't and um, you know i'm gonna look at those paw pads and be like "Ooh, this smells like bacteria go to the vet and get that swipe you know that's yeast that's yeast or something like that so i yeah okay mm -hmm. um this kind of leads me to the next question. You're, I know this is, it's kind of a, a tough question because you have different breeds of dogs that need mm-hmm. different things. But like, what are some of your favorite, favorite products like shampoos or oh tonics, gosh. brushes, et cetera? 
Even I, if it's just brands or places where people can learn, I guess. to Yeah. So I believe that you need to spend good money on your tools because to you, they're going to last a whole entire lifetime of that yeah. dog. To me, they only last me about a year and I have to replace <laughs> them. But yeah. um, so when it comes to your brushes, um, puppies are, their skin is a little bit thinner when they're puppies. So you're going to get a brush that does have protection at the end of the bristles. You know, have you ever seen those slicker brushes that have a little bit of rubber at the end? No. So it's The slicker it, brushes are the ones that you can like, it's mm-hmm. like push and then the hair comes off. Um, well, they have some that are like that. Um, slicker brush, just like my big, have you ever seen me do uh, my big coral brush? I know what a slicker brush is. I you know, know what a slicker brush is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's like a square. It's a square. rectangle. They can be flexible. They can have dual ended. Bunch they can of make little them. Yeah. spikes. Yeah. So at the end, some of these have protection. You know, puppies, I always think that you should introduce them with a protection barrier because I think uh-huh. a slicker brush on a puppy is... If they're really young, it's a little bit abrasive. It's called a soft slicker. A soft slicker. That's what you want, a soft slicker. <laughs> I'm Googling. I just yeah. Googled it, yeah. And then whenever they're like, you know, seven, eight weeks, you want to introduce the other brush in there as okay. well. Um, so I always, to me, having, I really love the, it's an uh, Artero has a double flex slicker brush. One side is hard and one side is soft and it's like flexible. Um, I love those brushes, you know, and they're actually fairly inexpensive. I think they're like $18 on Amazon. Um, and I really, they they have a large and a medium. I, it's funny because I actually buy like six or seven when I go to dog shows because I know I'm going to go through them, you know, like (laughs) I go through them a lot really fast. Um, uh, that's one of my favorites to use as like a beginning brush. If you really want to, if you have a big doodle big curls you're gonna have to move to a professional brush and it's you're gonna be spending a good like 70 80 dollars on a on a brush which i love the chris christensen coral big k i believe it's the one that's the big coral one that one that one's fantastic um it is it's a little bit intimidating because it's a really large brush and a lot of people don't know what to do when they first get it. But there is a method behind it that has to be taught. That's why I'm always like, if you're going to get this, you know, bring your tools to me. I'm going to spend a good time teaching you how to yeah, do it. Yeah, and that goes back to finding the right groomer that will mm-hmm. spend time with you to, yeah. you know. Not I mean, I'm huge. sure there's probably some videos on YouTube as well. There, There is actually. But there's um, probably a lot. I there's mean, a lot. And it's finding which one has like, it's good and bad, you know, like it's. Do you have you, any favorites? Do I? I have. I have many favorites. Yeah. Um, I, I think Jess Rona, um, she's actually a friend of mine. Um, she's in California. Um, Jess Rona? Jess Rona. She grooms like John Legend's dog, like um, a bunch of celebrities. But she's got a course for parents that you can like buy and like see like the tools that you need and everything. Jess, Jess has been like a huge influence um, in the industry, um, especially as we modernize in the way that we handle in the way that we communicate with dogs and things, she's all about energy. And I find that it's, it was refreshing to me to meet somebody who had the same beliefs when it comes to animals. Um, and she does a fantastic job. It's art. You know, I always, groomers are artists, you know, what I put on your dog to me is like the most beautiful art. And I was able to do it. My canvas is alive, you know, like it's a live canvas. And I think anyone that's ever tried to groom a dog completely understands that <laughs> because it's not like, it's not like something that you just, I've done it. I've tried to like do it and it's yeah. like, oh, Jesus, an what did I it's just a, do? And, and when they, I am not an artist. When they're so. flowing and they're walking and they look like a million dollars, I'm like, yeah. look at you, supermodel. Like oh, yeah. I grab my phone, almost every picture 
in my phone is other people's dogs and of course mine but that's so funny yeah. i was at a groomer it came in the other day katie and she was i love katie she has a the poodle yeah she showed me these like pictures i was like dang like i want to like i'll pay you to have your i just want to walk your dog like downtown for oh, one yeah. day for one day i would look like just such a boss with this oh, like super like posh they're beautiful poodle when she like, does it <laughs> it's so funny you know what she does her dogs i'm like oh my goodness yeah what a beautiful dog yeah it's funny. When I, I walk downtown cool. with Riley and he's in full show coat, everyone's like, oh, my God. And I'm yeah. Like, yeah. 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 He's a, bron- <laughs> he's a, he's a bronchiosaurus. But. <laughs> this is Dr. Jim Carlson. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. We have a friendly, professional team and offer conventional medicine, dentistry, and surgery, as well as integrative options such as acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, and more. We emphasize fresh foods because you wouldn't want to eat processed food every day, right? Visit us at LifetimePetWellness.com, Instagram, or Facebook, or give us a call at 614-888-2100. Your dog or cat is a member of your family. You want the very best for each and every member of your family, and that extends right down to the food that they eat. For over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. For you, the pet owner... Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets. Quality ingredients, food safety, and the highest standards for manufacturing practices are what make Northwest Naturals the best complete and balanced raw food for your pet. Find out more in our podcast show notes. Obviously, there's lots of good. How about shampoos? What do you, what, what, this is a big one for me. Because it's what like, is what, a big one for you? I mean, it's kind of like you want to stay simple, just like you well, do with anything else. Before, well, well, before I get into shampoos, your comb is the most important oh, part. Yeah. Um, spend good money on your comb, a good $60, $70 comb. Yeah. It, it will last you forever. Um, I like Utsumi combs. Okay. Um, so if you like Google Utsumi grooming, you're going to find the like combs. Like Z-O-O? Um, it's U, Utsumi is U-T. Oh. S U M I Utsumi. I I'll get the get it close and then you can I'll get it close. Um, find it. But. Yeah, but it's U T S U M I. It's Utsumi okay. and Utsumi grooming, and you're gonna go to their website and they're gonna have a bunch of combs and it's gonna be really confusing. But what I want mm-hmm. them to like go to is the eco line. It's the called the economy line. Okay. Um, and I believe I actually have the numbers for the ones that I really like the best. Um, it's in here. So yeah, it's eco combs and you're going to, and, and they come in two colors like gold and um, silver. They're the exact same thing. Don't worry about the color. Um, but number three and number four are my favorite ones um, because those are brushing combs. There is such thing as a finishing comb, a brushing comb. Some combs have a lot of weight because it's for like a, a rough cut, like a holly or something like that. Um, Dude, they have like, they have like five. They have yeah. so many combs on here. Listen, I have spent my probably my retirement on combs. <laughs> so how do you know which one is best for your dog? That's um, so that's where you talk to your groomer, or that's when you talk to your groomer. Okay. Uh, the ones I mentioned are just pretty standard. You know, like if you are going to be a groomer and you're starting, you were not, you're going to have a basic kit, and these will be on a basic kit. Um, which ones were those again? The um, the eco line. It's like number three and number four. Okay. One is just slightly bigger than the other. So if you have a dog that's larger, go for the larger comb. If your dog okay. is tiny, go for the tiny one. Okay. You know, those are because the comb finds where the tangle is. Your brush goes in there and breaks it apart. OK. Yeah. And if you don't have your comb, your brush is going to make you feel like you brush your whole entire dog and it feels fine. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, if you put a comb through it, 
it's not going to go through. I got you. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So it, your comb is your, it, the comb and the brush are like the perfect marriage. Mm. You know, it's so important. And what happens is a lot of people just get the brush, but they don't get the comb. And then when they go to get their dog groom, you know, they, they get shaved and it's like a horrific experience. And they've been trying to do, like, they are doing yeah, what they're supposed they just, to. Yeah. It's just they, they didn't just know. know. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's where, you know, just... I sometimes over communicate. I'm sure I do. I'm sure my clients think I'm crazy, but it's that makes a difference between yeah. a dog having a good experience and a bad one. So I'll yeah. be crazy all day long. <laughs> yeah. If I can prevent that. Heck yeah. Um, cool. oh, wait, we were talking about shampoos. Yeah. Oh, shampoos. Okay. Oh, man. You know that this is like my topic. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I've seen the difference. Oh, yeah. It's a huge, such a big difference. So, you know, there's no regulation in dog grooming none not even in like dog shampoos like people can just be like i'm going to formulate this and it's going to be amazing and technically the same not. i mean there's barely any dog food so, yeah yeah um but we think that dog shampoos are different than human shampoos but if you look at it they're formulated the exact same way with the exact same ingredients mm-hmm. okay um oh the problem with it is that sometimes they're too harsh dogs have um Dog skin is thinner than us. We have two extra layers than they, that they don't, okay? And you're going to see that it makes a huge difference when you understand that they're more sensitive than you are. Mm-hmm. We put fragrance on dog products, like, all the way at the top, which means there's so much of it. But you're thinking, dogs have, what is it, like, 400 million receptors for like smell in their nose we have six million so if you're putting that on your dog and the skin that dog's gonna smell like an atomic bomb of lavender flower just went off in their face and they're gonna feel sick right right that's why like i hey i love candles i love them but i like the ones with the big wood wicks that make it feel like a little mini campfire in your kitchen it's beautiful but you gotta think about your pets your poor dog is like overwhelming them yeah yep I know. It's not good for you either. It's not. It really but. isn't. So that's one thing I, I pe- you know, clients are like, oh, they want, I want them to smell good. And I'm always like, well, you know, smell is actually probably the number one reason a dog got an allergic reaction. Yep. Um, legally, we don't have to put that the fragrance has 50 other chemicals behind it. Just it just says fragrance. It just says fragrance. Yep. So that is a big issue with me because that is a lot of problem, a lot of the problem. Um, and I wonder how many dogs have these all these skin issues and it's just it's fragrance. Oh, I see it all the time. I do. And I go in and I I'm like, okay, we're gonna let's take away all of these things. Yeah. Forever I always start with food. Yeah. And then we move on into um the uh, the the shampoos and conditioners sure. and we work them out of it. Yeah. Interior, um, exterior. Yeah. Yeah. It's always food. <laughs> yep. Um but uh but yeah, so that's you got to take in consideration where the fragrance is placed when it comes to choosing your shampoos. Um, sugar surfactants work really well with canine skin, with like animal skin, not salt-based. So what I'm talking about is sodium sulfates, you know, sulfates that you find in human shampoo. Yeah. Um, they're usually the main ingredient on dog shampoo because it's really cheap, but they don't work very well because... Um, for example, this, uh, this is science, but I'm going to explain it really yeah. well. Okay. Yeah. Think of a magnet. Your hair is a magnet and it's like a negative, it's a negative portion of a magnet. Yeah. The energy is like negative and your sulfate has a positive and a negative attached to it. Like it, that's what it's rated at. Okay. So you're in the hair world and you are this positive, negative, like ion looking thing. And you're being, you're going into that negative 
um, hair, your negative point is going in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it gets there, it just goes away because two negatives, you can't make them go together, but your right. positive stays. Okay. So what happens is that um, it splits, you go, and then you're going to have like buildup of that part of that sulfate on the hair. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So it always, you, every time you wash your hair with a sulfate, it always stays a little bit behind and then you have product buildup. That's where you have clarifying oh. shampoos and all that stuff, right? Okay. But a dog has like 13 different hairs coming out of that same follicle okay so the buildup on a dog is much more than a human okay so if you have a sugar-based surfactant which a lot of the times they don't have a positive or a negative or they're both Mm. they're negative um i mean they're positive um (laughs) see how confusing that can be positive or both negative so our hair our hair is negative okay but theirs is positive because that way it doesn't stick i mean Theirs is negative. Negative, negative does not stick. Right. Yeah, okay. that's what I mean. So let's just say sugar-based surfactants, either they don't have a positive or a negative or they're the same. Okay. So what happens is that they clean and they expel and nothing stays in your hair. Okay. And if they don't have any, then they just do their job and then just rinse off. Um, so I'm always looking for shampoos who have more of basically glucose science behind it. It's basically yeah. just... You know, you're... So what kind of words are you looking for? Um, You're looking for like cocoa, glucoside. Sucrose. Sucrose. Fructose. Glucose. There's oses. Yeah. Sugar. But anything with sodium, sodium salts, or uh, that's that's what you... And salts are also dehydrating. The sulfates and Mm -hmm. things like that. Your sulfates and your salts are dehydrating. So therefore, not only are they like leaving crap behind, but then now they're dehydrating the coat. I mean, okay. and the skin. Yeah. Um, and then build up, and eventually it's going to break the hair. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I look for. The shampoos have to be... Oh, gosh. I'm going to have to go. <laughs> I'm going to go look at some stuff. I'll, I'll give you some brands. Yeah. I will. Um, and th- so that's, like, the most important. So, you know, your shampoo, the job of the shampoo is to really go in there, remove all that dirt, but not strip and be pH balanced, which this is a funny thing pH balance on dogs can range, you know, based mm-hmm. on their breed. They can be like either like we have test. This has been a test that um, a couple of groomers did in our industry. And usually is um, the ones that have their CCEs. I have my CCE, which means that we are um, canine estheticians. We, we went to school for it. Yeah. And so what we did is like they tested a couple hundred dogs um, and they realized that based on like breed or like age their ph balance was not a six it ranged from like two to like even like a 10 you know we had all of these different ones so what we you know in terms of science if a dog dogs don't have our acid mantle fights off like bacteria and things like that to keep us well but some dogs if their acid mantle is not acidic then it's basic and they don't have that ability to fight off. So that's when yeast can grow all over or bacterial infections all over their skins happen. So technically you want to keep those shampoos to be more like a four five. That way when you mix them with water, which is a seven, you know, you're staying still on the lower side and you're kind of helping aid kill any bacteria or like um, yeast overgrowth and things like that. Um, So that's important and you, it, and then there's no way of telling maybe that dog is like a pH of like 10. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I always stick to lower pH shampoos are my favorite. Okay. Um, and then sugar science behind it, your glucose. 
And then um, after that, you're going to have your glycerin. Um, vegetable glycerins are good. Um, and that's just like to make it so when you rinse off, the hair doesn't feel like straw. You know, it's just a little bit of a conditioning okay. agent. Your most important, you're going to get the treatments or anything active in your conditioner. Um, or at least I believe it should be put like that. Because okay. if you put anything active, like um, like let's just say I let this leaf, this basil leaf in water for like three days and all of these amazing benefits are going to go into the skin. But if you put that in shampoo, you're just going to wash it off eventually, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're able to do it in conditioner and actually give it the time that it needs to penetrate, it's a little bit better. Um, so... Your conditioners, if they're going to have any kind of botanicals and things like that, you want to give it time to work. Yeah. Um, I've heard that. I mean, they say that in a lot of directions, too. Like, yeah, they do. Wait you know, five to ten minutes. Yeah. The directions, I don't think a lot of people do. They, no, nobody but, follows it. But yeah. the directions are there for a reason, you yeah. know. Um, so that's my biggest thing. I wouldn't, you know, uh, animal testing, that's just, it's such a crazy thing in my industry because you're using shampoos on dogs and all the ingredients that are put in the shampoos to make this ingredient at one point were tested on animals to be able sure. to be in the, in the, to be put down in, into those ingredients. So if you actually read the testing that happened on, you know, the, the animals, yeah. they have, that, this is all public information. You can go through and see how long it took for this ingredient to pass that skin barrier of that one specific animal. Mm. So you're able to see whatever you put in shampoo, how long it has to stay before it actually like um, goes into their skin. All right now, this it doesn't actually go into the bloodstream. It just goes into like one or two layers because yeah. your skin is a fortress. It's made to keep things out, so it's going right. to keep it there. But it can still have um, allergic reactions or something sure. like that, or like rashes. Um, so that is, I'm always. If you ever want to get real crazy with it, please just read everything. Um, the FDA. Uh, not FDA, but there you can find the meetings online and you can okay. read all of it. It's yeah. pretty it's gnarly. Well, do you have any what do you have any brands that you recommend? <gasps> yes. Um so I love Dogliness. Um this is yeah. a German company. Um and you can get it at dogliness.com. Um their shipping is relatively quickly. And what I like about them is it has all the things that I love. And it is concentrated, so it is expensive. It's like I think sixteen milli, um What is it? Sixteen ounces. Ounces. Yeah. Um, it's like I think eighty dollars. Yeah. The thing is, this is concentrated, so it's going to give you. I think it's twenty. Uh, I do thirty thirty six to one or thirty two to one. Yeah. Um, and this mixture. It's it, to, to a regular person, it's going to last them a whole entire year, um, depending on the dog. At, <laughs> at least, least. at least. I mean? um, That's what have... I think is hard uh, hard sell, mm -hmm. is that it, it is a really small amount, mm -hmm. but it's super concentrated. Yeah. So you have to dilute it, and you it should to. last you a very a long very time. A very long time. Like, the less is more when it comes to the shampoo. I really do like them. Um, they are all, like, glucose-based, yeah. you know. And the reason it's expensive is because it is glucose-based. Um, those ingredients are usually more expensive. You could, like, eat that shit. Yeah, you can, and yeah. it's totally fine. Um, so, I mean, so, it, But it works, you know. Yeah. That's why I was like, you know what? In, there's such a huge gap in the industry. Like, literally everybody else is using this crap, and then you have this shampoo that came out of nowhere and, like, was like, this is all wrong. Um, yeah. And I was like, "That's so cool." I yeah. love it when people do that. It's I love. Yeah. I love it. So I was like, "You know what? I'm going to create my own." I, my my love has always been in creating like tools and like shampoos and stuff for dogs. So like I started, I got my lab going and I started mixing, and we're in that process. But 
Do you, have a, um, do you have a name yet? I don't. I've been playing with the name Barley and Co. Okay. Yeah, because Barley, my doodle has been kind of like a huge. Doodles have been a huge staple in my life, and they he's have. Your, he's your test animal, isn't he? Yeah. Well, she. It's she because her coat is like yeah. a doodle. Not only that, but she's been. Doodles have taught me almost everything I know in grooming. Yeah. And they're really important to me, um, just because. If if I didn't have them, I wouldn't be the groomer that I am today. So, um, I I thought Barley and Co would be a good one. I like it. Yeah, but yeah. but yeah, we're working on that, and we're using sugar based, and we're conducting studies just because I have the equipment to see what it's doing to the coat. You know, if they have two layers that are, if we have two more layers, why are we formulating the same way? Can we like change the um, percentage of the grams that, or like the gram that we're using to mm-hmm. make it so? it's actually better for the dog, you know, so it's not as irritating. So I'm playing with all sorts of things, you know, based on what I find in research because there's not a lot out there, but... No, there's not. No, there isn't. I feel like they're all kind of the same. They're all the same, you know, and people are like, oh, well, you shouldn't wash your dog, you know, like you should wait. I'm like, no, actually, you can wash your dog... I, in the show world, you know, when my dog is in show coat, I have to wash him once every 10 days. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with his skin. I'm not stripping it. If anything, no. I'm making it so he's not suffering. Because um, you're using the right Yeah, shampoo. I'm using the right shampoos, yeah. the tools. I'm not stripping yeah. anything. Clean the, it's, it, the conception, you know, the we think that they shouldn't get a bath often, but technically you, you want to. They're going to bring all sorts of crap in your house. You don't want that, you yeah. know. Make it a fun Sunday experience, you know. Yeah. Bathe and brush the next day. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. Oh, I I'm. Probably, I should probably wash my. You, dogs have more. you seen my dogs? <laughs> when mean, they're not in show season, yeah. they're like the craziest looking things. I'm not. I'm not grooming my own dog. I'm yeah. like a, you know, like they're the last ones that are getting. Groomed. I know that's like trainers' dogs. You know, yeah. I mean, they're training so many dogs that yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, we do I that. Get it. So. Uh, well, that's awesome. I look forward to. I know having that well you know you're gonna have it before anybody else has it. yeah but like but it's i'm I'm excited that's really cool i'm a nerd and i feel like they do so much for us i think i feel like i want to like give back it makes such a big difference i mean i remember when you using that dogliness on when mozzie was having his Mm -hmm. issues when we first moved back to ohio um and that in combination with you know the the allergy protocol the answers allergy protocol that we put him on some other stuff um I mean, I don't think he'd be the dog he is today. No. He hasn't had an issue since. He's so shiny. He's so shiny. You He's know? so shiny. And so, yeah, I it's, love it. I've seen what a difference. And it's funny. I can tell when dogs come in after I like pet him. I'm like, oh, you go, you go to Ingrid. <laughs> <laughs> Their coat is different. Yeah. It makes such a huge. It, it, I mean, you can feel it. And a lot of the times they're eating better foods too. So yeah. like that in combination, you're having that is that is the hair commercial that we all want as groomers. It's right yeah. there. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. going back building the building a team behind your dog. Yeah, I know. So. It's you need a you need a team. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll make videos and we'll have them at PetSmart. You know, yeah. Scan yeah. this barcode. You'll get a video of me showing you how to do this brushing technique. Who knows? It should be that should be. I mean, it help out a lot of dogs. It would, Maybe, especially if you did it like by breed too. Let's I mean, start I at your store. Yeah, let's like record we'll be, uh, and they can scan this. You know, this code yeah. and they can just be like, "This is line brushing. Yeah. Let me show you how to do this." Yeah, you know. That's really cool. Well, Ingrid, thank you so much for coming in. Thank I've you been for like having me. Waiting to have We've you on been, the show. I know. So I'm so glad we finally we'll got back. together. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much to talk about. There is. There's um, so much. We I can, told everyone at the beginning of the season I'm gonna keep these episodes like twenty minutes, but No, this one this was important. <laughs> I don't I think a lot of people have done or been brave enough to bring in a groomer to talk about things. Yeah. Um 
it can be a scary thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're doing it right. And Thank you. um I know I have I we have a lot of the same customers, so I know. Yeah, we it's do. A lot of people that it's great. Are oh, obsessed with you. So. Forgot to tell you, yeah. um, if any clients come in, mm-hmm. I did open ten spots for the year. And they can do this on your website? Yeah. So okay. basically I'm gonna I'll I'll post it when it's open, but they they'll fill a questionnaire. Okay. You know, stuff because I I'm I'm it's not that I'm picky. I just like I said, I want the person that's obsessed with their dog. <laughs> gotcha. So. Well, that's good for me to know because I always get asked that question. I'm like, does she have availability? I don't yeah, know. I'm gonna add ten more. I figured nice. it's time. You know, I, okay. I just came back from surgery, so you know, yeah. I'm I'm ready to work. You're now. ready to go. Feeling good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks again. Thanks for having me. All right. So if you have a question that you want us to answer on our next podcast, you can find us a few different ways. You can send an email to danielle at fangsfur.com. You can find us on our website, fangsfur.com, or you can direct message us on Instagram at fangsandfurpets. The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.